Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And as always, I have another exciting guest with me. I am so delighted to have Tatiana Berendi, and she is the host of Sex, Love, and Superpowers Podcast and a relationship expert at thesuperpowerexperts.com. She's also a minister, visionary, a singer, a speaker. I'm, I'm guessing maybe tired. <laughs> Got a lot of the go. <laughs> but here's what I love is that she's written in her bio. She says, Tatiana believes we are on the brink of a complete shift in consciousness and that our relationship to our bodies and our sexuality plays a big role in that shift. She believes that when we find the right relationship to our bodies, we find the right relationship to earth again. And that when we find the right relationship to ourselves and to one another, we can have peace as a society. She works with clients to find inner peace and clarity and a sense of wholeness. That is beautiful. Mm, thank you. Yeah. I, you know, the first time I read that, I was like, oh, I love that. Bring people <laughs> to a complete shift in consciousness. Yes. Bring yeah, it it's on. about time. It's about yes. time. We're ready for it. We are so ready for it. And I know I come at it from a different angle. So that I was just so excited that you've got that like a very similar message, but we have two different approaches. So it's fabulous that people are going to be able to hear this in whatever way that they need to hear it. Yeah. And I think that, I think you just named something that's really important about our time right now. Um, because essentially, you know, those of us who are doing this work, we, we are bringing forward the same message. There is really only one message, you know, <laughs> of, of unification. You can only say unity, like in so many different ways. And we, you know, yeah. but, but we do need to be presenting it in all of these different, um, different colors, different ways, different faces, because people can, so people can hear it, you know, mm -hmm. because we can't all hear everything in the same way. So it's important that we're all showing up in these different manifestations. I love that. I love the diversity of that. Yeah, it really it, it it brings a richness of flavors. I mean, you wouldn't want to eat the same thing day in day out, and right. so being able to hear it through different um, different interpretations and different voices, and it, it's really it brings a richness to life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, speaking of today's culture, something that is really up and has been up for a while, and I'm grateful. I'm absolutely grateful. But the Me Too campaign. I think it started in some ways a tsunami. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see how this tsunami plays out, whether it gives us the ability as a society to say, are we going to change radically or are we going to just continue down the path of blame and pointing fingers? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really important question, and I think we do have a real opportunity. Um, you know, the, so that my background, um, I've worked really, really uh, deeply with many different Indigenous communities for half my life now at this point. And so I've heard, I've heard things from a very different perspective, and I've heard different prophecies, and I've heard, you know, people talking about the time that we're in, and there's one Mayan grandmother in particular that I've worked with, Nana Wilma, she's down in Guatemala, and you know, she's talked about this, this, uh, you know, the Mayan perspective, we've been in this sort of like astrological time for 25,000 years, I think it is something like this. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, of, of this like sort of masculine, um, dominant energetic from a cosmic perspective. And, 
on December 21st, 2012, that shifted to a more feminine-centered um, energetic. Um, and I think what, and, and what, so what she said is that it's like sort of the women's time to lead us back into a circle. Mm. Um, and there, I think, has been a lot of fear. And, and this whole Me Too thing is very interesting because um, it's, validating some of the fear that if the women are sort of the ones that, you know, if we, if we take back the reins, so to speak, that we're going to do leadership the way men have done leadership. Mm. Um, and that, and that we're going to do this power over thing. And so I think that as, as we navigate these conversations in the me too thing, isn't so much about leadership. It's about women finding their voices, which is like, such an important part of the process right now and I celebrate it and I and I really think that you know if if someone has been silenced for a really long time if they haven't used their voice for a really long time when they first start to speak it's not going to sound really pretty right you know it's going to sound it's like and I think that's that's some of what we're witnessing yeah Um, and and at the at the same token when we looked at things as a collective you know eventually we are going to have to start um, relating to this process in a different way and really looking at how can we, how can we look at what's best for the whole here, for our whole society as we have this conversation and how can we actually use this as a catalyst to provide training, to provide mentorship. To, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at and I'm reading accounts of some of the, some of the things that have happened and like the whole thing with Aziz Ansari and, and, you know, I was reading this woman's account of what took place and I was like, this, this man who, you know, to his credit has done, you know, really spoken out in, in favor of, of the women's movement and in, in favor of, of all of these things and, you know, calls himself a feminist and really calls others up into calling themselves feminists. But it's pretty clear to me from reading that account, if we are to, you know, if like that account is accurate, mm-hmm. which I believe it is, um, this man had to have learned everything he knows about sex from pornography. Yes. Like there's no way that that could like, that you could think that that's how women want to be related to unless all you know about <laughs> sex is from porn. Yeah. And, and I think that it like, we really need to start looking at like, how, how are we educating our children mm-hmm. about their bodies, about how to be in relation to one another sexually, you know, how are we how are we opening up these dialogues in a way that's safe for everybody yeah to to have space to explore this because i think you know what i'm seeing on a lot of the part of the men right now is there's a lot of fear um and i get it you know there's there's a lot of fear of like i don't even know like what to do right now you know and for a lot of it it's like there's nothing to do right now if there's men out there that are listening to this like it's really not your time to do anything. It's time to just stop and listen and hold space. And if, if in that process of holding space, you're hearing things that trigger you, then that's yours to do. That's your work to do is to, to, uh, you know, own those and and work on those triggers and educate yourself and, you know, learn how to, how to do it better. But like, really, this is not about a, a doing time so much. It's about a, like, a breathing, you know, which is challenging for most men because it's always been about 
what do I do? How do I accomplish? How, you know, what, what can I conquer? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, so, and that's not what this is. Right. And that's, and that's where, where, you know, as I spoke about that, my grandmother talking about this female energetic, like that is not just living in the bodies of women. Like that energetic exists. I've met and know, and I'm married to like some beautiful men who know how to how to hold that that's totally possible and it doesn't mm-hmm. make less of a man if no. anything it makes you a whole a more whole human to be able to hold that space as well and you know if and and that's where it's like if that's something that's new for you if that's foreign to you there's a lot of us out there who can support you and help <laughs> you in learning how to do that like there's no really no excuse of like oh I don't know how to do that you know there's a lot of us that can help you with that for sure um you know, and that's, and that's really like, if you're looking for something to do, that's what to do. Like, go get some support. Yeah. Learn how to do that. Learn how to hold space. Learn how to listen. Brilliant. And it's, you know, I love that you've brought it around to some practical pieces. What, what is it that needs to, to happen at this point? You know, this, there's a lot of uproar right now with, with women needing to be heard. And I think there's a lot of need to be heard. And I also think there's a, there's an invitation for the women as well to be dealing with their stuff in a way that allows them to hold space for the men simultaneously. That it's not about blaming the men. It's not their, you know, right. To have to change it. I, I really would love to see for this Me Too campaign and the Me Too movement, to stimulate an opportunity where we stop doing this pendulum, right? We have this huge pendulum where it's all been about patriarchy and now it almost feels like we're going to move back into um, the nasty, you know, feminine movement. Yeah. And I don't think we are. I really don't think that we are, but I think that part of, and, and, and I think there's, you know, rightfully so there's, there's a a fear of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, like I do in my own personal life and like I work with my clients in their own personal life, like if a fear comes up, it's, you know, are you going to let the fear make the decisions? Are you going to let the fear lead or are you going to recognize that the fear is coming up because there is a growth opportunity and trusting that we're going to rise to that growth opportunity? Because I've seen a lot of really beautiful conversations come up mm. um, and a lot of really beautiful dialogues and ceremonies taking place around this. I think... I think though that there is, there's, there's a, it's like a multi-step process. And there are some people who have done a significant amount of their healing work already. And the Me Too movement was just like, oh yeah, I can raise my hand and say Me Too. And like, I, I've really been working on that. And like, I know that this is a thing from my past and it's, you know, I, and I, and I see all of the, all of the roles that I played and all of the things that I called into my life experience. Mm-hmm. And like all of the ways that that experience served me and catalyzed my growth and like, you know, my life would be different and I can actually be grateful for that experience. Now, there are people who are in that part of their journey. There are also people for whom the Me Too campaign was the first time that they were able to maybe even acknowledge to themselves that they had an experience like that. And so I think that, you know, it's easy to just like, like, 
you know, brush, do a big broad brush stroke and say like the Me Too campaign is all this one thing. But really, it's individual women collectively saying like, yeah, we've had some really messed up sexual experiences that are not okay. And like, Mm -hmm. y'all need to check yourselves and we need to change how this is how this is going. And, and, um, and there also needs to be acknowledgement that every woman who has raised their hand and said me too is at a, probably a different stage in her process. And it really depends on where the individual is at in their process, how much they can hold space for someone else while they're having <laughs> their process. They might, if they're at the beginning of that process, no way can they, nor should they be expected to hold space for someone else. It's like how that process might affect someone else. Like they need to be able to just expunge it um, and clear it from their system mm-hmm. without worrying about how it's going to land for someone else. And that's really where we just need to get discerning about like who it is we're relating to in the moment. And Do you think though there's still some responsibility in that saying, okay, well, yes, you need to expunge it, but perhaps it needs to be, if you're in that stage where it's so raw that you just need to, you know, vent and scream and whatnot, that you need to take it to a private space, that it needs to be in an area where you're not spewing on social media. You're, you're not, you yeah, know. I, yeah, I, right? I do think that social media, is, I think social media started it. I do not think social media is the place to continue it. No. I think if, you're, if you have stuff coming up for you, just like with the men, it's like, okay, this is triggering for you. It's your responsibility to go get some help for it. Same with the women. Like if you're realizing, holy crap, I was sexually abused as a child and like this is coming up for me and I need to deal with it or not as a child. As, as you know a young woman and like that actually wasn't okay and I thought that was just normal it's not okay and like I need to I need to process this mm-hmm. again there's a lot of us out there that can help you with that there are which there's and, and and there is also something to I think I think you're right I think we're at a point where like the public part of the process that was really important because this would not have happened to the degree that it did if it was not on social media. And I mean, what we're seeing Mm. is like the magnitude. This is a global issue. It is. This is a global cultural, like rape culture issue that exists around the entire globe. Yes. And I think that like, I'm so grateful that we have social media to be able to illuminate that for all of us. I think Mm -hmm. it's really important to be able to see that. and I think that we do need to be gathering together. I think that, you know, there is, there is, there is a time and a place for the one-on-one coaching or therapy or, you know, that kind of thing. And I think there's also a real dynamic thing that we're moving into in group process. And I think that there are some of us who are ready to start working in group process. Mm-hmm. But you do have to have done a significant amount of your own work or be doing your own work in tandem yes. to be able to engage in group process. Yeah. And, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's that coming back around to acknowledging what do you need, where are you at, and taking care of ourselves. If, if that's, you know, getting help one-on-one, um, finding a group process that is where at the level that you're at, because there's so many I, options yeah. for group, right? There's that can look very, very different at at different times, mm-hmm. and yeah, right, yeah, and it just takes being honest with yourself. Yeah, 
being willing to just be really honest with yourself. Like, mm-hmm. does this still hurt like a raw, open wound? There's a lot of work to do there. Yeah. Does this just feel like a little, a little trigger? Maybe not. Maybe if it's just a little trigger, I'm ready to step into some, some group dynamic, group conversation. Because here's the thing about group dynamic and group conversation is that it will catalyze. I mean, I'm a relationship coach. Mm-hmm. I have studied, I have studied since I was a kid because I was in the theater. I've been studying human relationships and how we interact with one another. And there is something about being in a group that will bring forward things that one-on-one work just can't and won't ever do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so there is value in, in, in the group process and in like we're seeing collectively right now on social media, group <laughs> process. but, but I mean, yeah, don't air your trauma out on social media. This is not, it's, it's not, it's re-traumatizing. Mm-hmm. It's not helpful. Your friends are not trained to be able to support you, nor yeah. can anyone really adequately support you through like memes and text message, like that's just not how how this is going to get solved. No, that's no. like trying to go to porn for how to have sex. It's yeah, really exactly. Effective. Beautiful analogy. Beautiful <laughs> analogy. You so brought wrong. that up, and I'm like, yes, we need to stop having our our you know our our young generation learning about sex and how to interact sexually from porn because it's. So yeah. messed up, and it's so messed up. It is just not how how it's really meant to go. <laughs> like, That's right. It's yeah. So there's all kinds. I of mean, things. I gave I gave I have a friend who has a teenage son, and I gave her such accolades. I'm so impressed by how she handled when she found porn on her son's iPad, and she she first of all she was like okay, like she waited three days for her own emotional response to blow over before she <laughs> yeah, could even talk to him about it. But then she sat him down and she said, I just want you to know that everything that you see on there is theater. Mm -hmm. That is not what actually happens when two people are loving each other, when they're exploring each other's bodies, when they're even just, you know, like getting to know each other sexually, physically. That is not what that looks like. That is theater. And I think making that distinction, I was like, that is so freaking awesome that you made that distinction with him. That's huge. It is huge. That, and that's a brilliant way to, to phrase it. That, yeah. You know, because we recognize that what happens up on movie screens, or hopefully people recognize that what happens up on a movie screen, you know, is is life with all the boring bits ripped out. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so that's not the way life happens. It doesn't happen the way it happens in a movie screen. You know, we don't have um, completion in a, a 20 minute sitcom. You know, it just right. doesn't, doesn't go like that. Right. So when people can recognize, oh, that's just theater. That's not how it actually works. And then yeah. to start asking questions of like, well, how, then how does it, how mm-hmm. does it actually work? And I think that's where we have a real deficit. It's like we don't have adequate education, even for adults. I mean, there's a lot of adults mm-hmm. that don't know how it really works. Well, who's, who's been talking about sex? I mean, sex and money are the two things that you just never talk about. Right. That's why I have my show, Sex, Love, and Superpowers, because it's like, let's talk about it. Can yeah. we please talk about it? In a, in a grown-up, like, educated way, there are some really brilliant, brilliant people out there educators who who want people to know about pleasure 
Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, what, like, what really incites pleasure? Because really, like, if we're going to talk about sex, like, that's what we're after. We're after pleasure. And if we're after pleasure, what are we really after? We're after that union. We're after that, like, divine melding that can occur, which is like the juiciest pleasure you can ever experience. And you don't have to have sex to, to have it. Yeah. But that's a great avenue for it. It is. Wow. Oh, okay. So let's look at, <laughs> I know I'm like, we could just talk all day. I, I <laughs> totally good. Um, what other, you know, little tips or tools, maybe, you know, is there something you can give the listeners that they can start with, with where are they at? Where can they start their healing journey? Yeah. Well, I think like I mentioned earlier, just being really, really honest with yourself. Like, is this a raw open wound for me? Um, and, you know, I think, I think with, with the women and the men, I think there's sort of a different, I mean, that's not to say that there haven't been men who have been sexually abused and have trauma. Like, absolutely. Mm, I right. recognize and I honor and I acknowledge that, that this is not just women who have experienced that. However, there is a social dynamic that needs to mm-hmm. obviously get addressed. Um, yeah, I think really it's all about education and support, you know, finding really quality either if it's a therapist or a coach some people don't don't feel comfortable going to therapists because um of all the stigma around it what have you Mm -hmm. um i would really recommend finding someone who works with like body-based processes though because oftentimes what happens when we go through these experiences and we have trauma we leave our bodies Mm. and if we have left our body we can't adequately do what we're here to do we, we we can't bring that that divine into physical body and live it out here on earth and 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 play that play out that story we're not living our fullest version of ourselves if we somewhere along the line left our bodies so finding someone who has some kind of somatic earth-based physical body-based practice that can really bring you back into body in a safe and healthy way would really highly recommend that there's a lot of people who work with clearing trauma um you know there's there's all sorts you know eft mdr there's there's like a number of different afd which is something i practice aroma freedom technique using you know smells there's like all sorts of different different modalities out there the modalities are endless and and really like use finding a practitioner as as like sort of the first step in the practice of like getting back in touch with your gut I think a lot of a lot of women feel betrayed by their own senses because they maybe weren't even in their bodies fully to begin with um, when some of these experiences happened maybe they weren't in their right uh, sobriety, they weren't in their right mind in that <laughs> level, you know, like I would yeah. love to hear a little bit more of a conversation about the role that alcohol plays and substances play in some of these experiences. Um, you know, just like taking some responsibility for, for your life in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and not from a, you're to blame because you were drinking exactly. alcohol, but just, oh, that played a part. Yeah. In it being easier to be taken advantage of. And maybe I want to be more aware next time. Yes. And that's the piece. I think, I think you, you hit the nail right on the head 
with there's this real thing that happens where um, when people are encouraged to take responsibility, they immediately translate into blame. Mm. And that does not have to be true. No. In fact, it can't be true. If we're really fully taking responsibility, there is no blame. Yeah. Of anybody. Of anybody. There is just clear seeing of the situation of cause and effect. Yeah. That's all. It becomes um, a detached perspective of, you know, almost like the the lab results. You know, we're just analyzing the data and saying, okay, what were all the factors here? How can we do it better? How can, you know, what do we need to avoid? What do we need to eliminate? What do we need to put in? And, you know, having the space for ourselves that we stop that automatic shame, blame, and judgment. That's right. That's right. does nothing for us. It does nothing for us. But in order to be able to stop it, we have to realize when it's happening. Yes, which is a process to get to learn and recognize what's Absolutely. happening. Absolutely. And if, that's, if, if you're not at a place where like, you know, if, if someone who's listening to this is not at a place where they can even fully know when they're in shame and blame and judgment, that's when like get support. If you've done a certain level of work where you can, you can recognize those states in yourself, start to call them out, start to name them, mm-hmm. start to, you know, as they arise, I'm in shame right now. I'm in guilt right now. I'm in judgment right now. I'm totally blaming right now. And just start to acknowledge that that's where you're at. Yeah. That's because it, sometimes that's all that you need. Sometimes it's in the naming in and of itself that it dissolves. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's like it's like when you turn on the light because you're afraid of the monsters under your bed. You turn on the light, you shine that <laughs> light underneath, and you go, "Oh, there's no monsters under there." That's or right. you give your monsters a name, and you make them less scary. To right. to name it, um, it's it's when when things are unnamed, then they have this vague hold on us. Yeah, and just to bring it full circle, that's why this movement is so powerful, and I'm so excited about it. Yeah, because now something is getting named that yes. has not been named for such a long time. Yeah, we've all known, we've all been aware, you know, the monster's under the bed and yeah. and nobody's been willing to call it out. And and so it's it's exciting and I just would so love to see another layer in with this where it's, you know, how can we move more to a place of this happened, it's wrong, and it doesn't make the individuals on either side of it wrong, but how do we move forward? Right. And I think, and I think that we cannot move forward until we've done our own work for, for the women who are like inflamed right now. Mm. I really want you to hear me when I say that any agenda that you have for changing the way things are, anybody who is holding a position that is, in even the slightest bit counter to yours or hold a different perspective, they will not hear you. No. If you have not done your work first, oh, it's they so- will not be able to hear you. So if you really want to affect change in this movement, you have to, have to, have to, have to, have to yes. start with your own work. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes. 
this is it absolutely i'm 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 so on board with you on this i've been saying it to people it's like we we've got to clear our stuff and then we can come to the table and we can say you know very clearly it just it's like this just doesn't work what are we going to do to change as opposed yeah. to you're wrong you're bad yeah. you know, it's like that's not working it's not going to change anything it no. just creates shutdown and if anything if anything, it makes the other position stronger than it, it even was in the first place. It does. I know. Oh my God. This is like all the stuff I've been saying. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you should see me. I'm like, I'm here waving pom bombs. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you want to give them power, if you want to give them more strength, you go get really freaking angry in their face about it. It's not going to oh. do anything. And that doesn't mean that you don't get to have your anger though. You have to have your anger. You have to, you have to get to express that, but like do it with your women. Yes. Or do, do it, it with your women, with your coach, your therapist, or do it one-on-one on one with your coach or, or, you know, break some glass bottles in your driveway or whatever you need to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, I've done that with my clients. They're like, let's go out and break some stuff because yeah. sometimes you need to move anger. You do. Anger, anger is a very, I, I have a lot of respect for anger and I would, I, I don't want to tell anybody to like suppress it because I think that that can create illness in the body. It, it mm-hmm. creates a lot of problems. Anger needs to be expressed. It, you need to be able to shout. You need to be able to move your body. You need to be able to to use it. But it and it's and it's such a powerful force. It's the force of creation and destruction. How are you going to use it? And if you're going to use it for destruction, use it deliberately. Know what you're destroying. Mm-hmm. Know what you're taking down. And you cannot do that if you're in an emotionally frenzied state. Right. You need to be able to use it's like that goddess Kali and the sword of discernment. Mm-hmm. She is not, you know, she knows how to embody rage, but not from like a blinded by it place. Yeah. From a, this is so not okay. I am cutting it off right here. Super precise. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. I am so sad that we have to, we only do half an hour because I want more. (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been an absolutely delightful conversation. Yeah, for me too. Thank you. This is, this is great. I've been, I've been wanting to have this conversation. So thank you. Yeah. And it needs to be said, you know, all of these things and, and you say it without any kind of judgment, without, you know, any harshness, it's all just an invitation. So speaking of that, where do you want people to reach out to you to, if they want to dig in deeper with you? Yeah. So they can find me at superpowerexperts.com. They can find the podcast, the sex, love and superpower podcast there under the podcast tab. They can also, if they go superpowerexperts.com forward slash my name, Tatiana Dash Berenday, they can find me. I also have a, you know, not recently updated website, tatianaberenday.com. <laughs> um, and, and on either of those places, you can sign up for a free consultation to just see if, you know, working together would be a good fit if you do want to dive in deeper. Um, you know, I love helping people in this work. I really, I believe in our ability to heal and I believe in, in the, the necessity for coming into wholeness in order for us to do this thing on this planet. I mean, I really, 
I know it sounds cliche and the whole like Miss America thing, but I really do believe that world peace is possible. And I hold that vision so strongly. And I know that it starts with every individual and that collaboration is the way there, but that we cannot come into collaboration until we've done our personal work. And so that's, that's my jam. That's what I love to do with, with individuals is to help them do that personal work, get to that place so that they can come into collaboration and work together to, mm. to change this thing. Amen. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much yet again, Tatiana. It's been an absolute delight. Yeah, thank you so much, Dana. I really, this has been wonderful. Thanks for tuning in to the Inner Dominatrix podcast. Now to make sure that you don't miss a single episode or other tips and tools, make sure that you download the Inner Power app available both on Android and iOS.